Love Talk Radio. Another Wednesday night broadcasting live from Beefo Brady's on US 41 Land of Lakes, Florida. For great service, all the TVs are on sports. 
Fresh Fest to go to and from a Lightning hockey game. That's B4 Brady's on US 41 in Lando Lake, Florida. I'd like to welcome our usual, our usual legends from the Jersey Shore, Mr. Don Henderson, and from Hotlanta, Mr. Roger Hendler, and Mr. Roy Cummings, and spinning the dials back at the flagship, Mr. Frank Carroll. Guys, I'll say one thing. Half hour to Kenny Albert. I can't stomach Kenny Albert anymore doing the TV. He's awful. <laughs> well, he, he, there's a very good chance that he's going to be the voice of the National Hockey League in the playoffs. He's got to pretty much oh, no. He's going to step up, and, and at least it looks that way right now. There are a couple of people, Steve Levy's in the in the uh, in the mix, but uh, we'll wait and see. I think Mars brother is right now uh, the leading candidate, but uh, that's only what I, I read the papers. I don't have any first hand knowledge. Roy, well, Doc big, Amber, big, big game five, and I'll tell you what a what a shootout that was. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, you know, Tampa got a got a couple of uh, got a couple of breaks on early goals and um, built some momentum off of that. And uh, you know, those bad goals kind of really demoralized uh, the Islanders. And I'm not sure that the Islanders can bounce back from that. Uh, look, this has been a series where the first goal really determines who wins the games. And uh, my guess is we'll see that happen out play out again tonight. Uh, you know, I think Tampa will wrap this up. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, should uh, tonight. I just don't think, you know, look, I've said this before, and I'll, I'll say it again. You know, Tampa went up against Florida. Florida looked very good. Then they, took, then they took on Tampa. Didn't look so good. Carolina looked very good throughout the course of the season. Looked good in the first round of the playoffs. Then they took on Tampa. Islanders looked really good throughout the course of the season. Uh, looked good in the playoffs for two rounds. And then they took on Tampa. So, um Tampa is once again emerging as clearly the uh, the elite team in the league. Um, they win two cups in a row, and you can start talking about that now because they're very close to doing it. Um, you're, then you're talking about you know doing something that uh, since nine, you know since the uh, since the dynasties of the Oilers and Islanders back in the '80s, uh, only Pittsburgh has done twice, and only the Red Wings have done once. So um, rare company, uh, high air for sure. And uh, we'll see how it goes, but it's starting to look good because here's what I'm going to say, guys. Whether it's Vegas or Montreal that Tampa likely ends up facing, and again, we still got to win this last game, but I think they will. Um, you know, Montreal's looked really good. <laughs> uh, surprised a lot of people. Vegas looks, you know, they, they've looked pretty good up until this series, but if they get to the final, you know, they've, they've done their part. Then they'll face Tampa, and then they'll probably start to look uh, rather ordinary. So, We'll see how it goes. Still a long way to go. A lot of work to be done. Um, but uh, Tampa's looking very good. Tommy? Hello, Tommy. Yeah, well, Tommy said he was going to say one thing, and that he was going to knock uh, he was going to knock the announcer, and then it appears as though he, he did that and uh, <laughs> dropped the mic, and now he's gone. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you know, he had a good point, uh, Don, and, and – uh, yeah, you know, uh, and, and about that, uh, about the announcer, and the uh, Roy. Uh, there's got to be some really good hockey announcers out there. Now, Steve Levy, uh, we, Don, and I remember when he started his career. He was at the Fan in New York uh, doing radio, and then he went to ESPN. 
And, uh, you know, he's uh, done Monday Night Football, and he's done a lot of things. And Kenny Albert, I think, is multi-talented because he does football, and, and uh, you know, his father just retired. Uh, but there's got to be really a good hockey announcers out there that can uh, ne- maybe never come close to Doc Emmerich, but uh, at least uh, be a good re- replacement. What do you think? Oh, there are. Well, I was just going to say the same thing. Doc Emmerich was in a class by himself, and yes, he uh, is. You know, he was like Vince Scully with baseball. Yeah, Vince Scully in baseball, Doc Emmerich in uh, the National Hockey League, hockey, yep. and I don't think you're going to duplicate those two broadcasters. And uh, nope. Roy, I, I I just think Levy's uh, got the edge. Yeah, he does. I hope and, so. Uh, well, Le- Steve Levy may have the edge. It's going to be, and Kenny Albert. You know, look, oh. despite what Tommy said, Kenny Albert's as solid a pro as there is. Um, he's been doing this for a long time, um, and uh, you know he's in the New York market. Uh, so, and that's I think that's going to be rather critical to to the way NBC and. Well, it's yep. not going to be NBC oh. anymore. It's going to be ESPN, uh, you know, doing oh, the, the games now. So um, that's going to be critical to, to it. But you're right. They've got Steve Levy, and uh, who's solid. And um, you know, I'm not quite sure what the problem with uh, Kenny Albert is. He's, he's damn no. good and always Homer. has been. And uh, Yeah. Okay, Tommy. Um, but anyway. What, what was uh, that, he's, Tommy? He's a, he's a solid pro. Well, he, he's and, he's uh, a homer. And Eddie Holchek's always hammering the lightning. Eddie Holchek should be back with the horses, doing the horse horses, right? not a hockey game. He's always hammering, always praising the earth. Wait a minute, minute Tommy. I mean, who, who's he a homer for? I mean, he broadcasts for everybody. Well, he, he I mean, Rangers. Why, you say he's a homer. For, homer for what? Not for the lightning. He, no, he's he a homer for the Islanders. He says, what I found out, you know, he's listening, you know, like, He's just doing this to the owners, this praising the owners, this and that, and he's cutting down the lightning, Don. That's why I look at it. Hey, hey, Tommy, last time I checked, um, I mean, granted, it's 3-2 uh, in favor of the lightning in the series, but, you know, you're right. based on what you say, lightning are coming off an 8 uh, an eight nothing victory. I can't imagine that Kenny Albert was praising the Islanders much in that game. And, uh, in fact, I know he was. No. I watched it. And, no. by the way, um, you know, Eddie, Eddie Olchuk, I mean, okay, well, who's he a homer for, the Blackhawks? Um, you know, I mean, right. no. he, he, he doesn't work for the Islanders. He works for NBC. Uh, right. He comes but I'm saying in Game Kenny 4. What's that? I'm saying in Game 4, he's just talking the lightning down when the Islanders are doing this and that. So, yeah, you okay. know, I'm, I'm not going to – I watch the TV. I'm not going to listen to Kenny Hubbard. <laughs> okay. So, well, you know, that's, that's, your, that's your prerogative. I don't, I don't think you have right. to watch it, you know, or listen to Kenny Hubbard if you don't care to, but – uh, no. As I say, I, I I don't think he can really criticize his work on the air. I, I think he no, does a very very credible job. Yeah, I'm job, certainly not. I, I got to be honest, guys. I'm certainly not interested in turning this into a bash fest of Kenny Albert and Eddie Olchek. No, Olchuk. I mean, no, I can, no, no, I can no. tell you right. that right now. No. I mean, clearly that's no, where Tommy was... wants to go, but I'm not about to get into that. These guys, look, no, these no, guys no. are two absolute pros. Have been for years, mm-hmm. Tommy. And sure. uh, I'm sorry that they don't oh, praise yeah. your lightning as much as you want them to, but. Objectivity is a rare thing in sports commentary these days, and uh, I know. sometimes we, when you run into it, it, it appears as though it's criticism, but you know what? Truth hurts sometimes. You know, last time I checked, the Lightning have lost two games in this series, and uh, they could end up That's losing true. a third and a fourth. So, um, you know what? That's, the Lightning no. aren't perfect, all right? There's a lot of things going on with the Lightning. I mean, five on five, they've been rather ordinary. they got a tremendous goaltender. Right. Uh, defense has been suspect at times. Kucherov turns the puck over. There's a lot of things. 
Uh, I guess I'm a holder right. now for the Islanders since I'm pointing out with some of the fa- failures of the Lightning. I know a lot of false Lightning. They're up three too, so uh, hopefully they'll win. Tonight, for tonight, tonight, tonight be a different night, Roy. Let's hope. <laughs> you know, Roy. You know, Roy. Oh, you, you can know, hope. That, that's you hit the nail on the head. Okay, uh, Tommy and I went back and forth the other night. You know, I mean about that eight nothing game. But you know what? I think it's ironic is that the NBA favorites have been knocked out pretty much. Just like right. a lot of the teams in the NHL. It's amazing. Yep. Oh, well, that's a great uh, again, point, Roger. You know, I don't follow the NBA enough, but, but the thing that we've clearly discovered, and we talked about this last, uh, last week, guys, is the thing we've mm-hmm. clearly discovered here is that the NHL has got parity. Uh, and and it's just, there's, a, there's a true dynamic that's different in the NHL than certainly baseball and, and I would say right. football as well. Football, is, you know, the best team usually ends up in the Super Bowl and, you know, along with uh, one of the top two or three, on, you know, from the other side, if not the top team. Um, but with the NHL, mm-hmm. any eight seed can, uh, can, can, can win and keep on going for a long time. Um, and it's yes. not just because, you know, you have a hot goaltender, you know. Um, it's just uh, it, it's a different style of play. It's more physical. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of energy involved, a lot of emotion involved. Uh, you bring that right emotion and play enough, uh, play strong enough defensively. Uh, that's a critical part of it. Uh, you can you can win and go a long way in this, in, in this league and uh, in the playoffs. I mean, right. things that uh, you know Tampa learned a couple years ago, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, Kenny Albert might have uh, might have pointed this out, or maybe not, but Tampa wasn't tough enough couple years ago. So right. They got tougher. Um, teams like the Islanders mm-hmm. uh, right now, they're showing that they just can't quite score enough. They're, they're defensive enough. They're tough yep. enough. But they probably don't have the scoring to, to get there. Montreal? Uh, Montreal has shown that, uh, what defense and goaltending can do for you. You don't have to score a lot. Even against a, a high scoring mm-hmm. team like uh, Vegas, you shut a team like that down, and wow. uh, you mm-hmm. can go a long way. So it's, um, yes, you can. it's, it's really interesting what's uh, – you know what what happened? What's happened here? And, and I guess it's uh, happened in the NBA as well. Although I can't speak to that because I haven't watched it. <laughs> Roy, first of all, uh, first let me just say this: we got some kind of background noise behind us. I hear a lot of kids talking or okay. something. I, I don't. Somebody's Tommy's got an open line. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy's on. Tommy's what? phone from a bar. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Brady. Well, good. It'll be loud. That way you can't hear Kenny Albert. Already old. <laughs> Thank you, Roy. Well, let, me, let me ask you this, Roy. My my final comment on on uh, the game the other night, the eight nothing game. Uh, I got to be honest with you. There's so many other good things on television. I watched the entire first period. It was three nothing, and it was really a no contest game. I turned mm-hmm. it off. I couldn't watch it after the Ooh. first period. There are just too many great things to watch right now. Right, U.S. Open. Yeah, I don't. One. I, I don't. I don't blame you, Don. Um, you know, at all. Uh, I got to be honest. I I started flipping between that and the Cubs game at that point, and uh, right, uh, because right. you know it was it was a, it was a blowout. It wasn't a very good hockey game at all. Um, Tommy probably ranks in the top five of all time in the NHL, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, it was right. just a, it was it was a bad game. Um, you know, Tampa didn't play particularly well. They just. Uh, they just got, uh, you know, took advantage of a team that uh, clearly lost its way. But, you know, I hope the games are better tonight uh, for sure. They but, will be. Um, you know, we'll see. Um, but, again, I, I, I think Tampa's probably got the edge at this point uh, emotionally, physically, uh, confidence-wise, the whole bit. We'll see what, what the crowd can do for the Islanders. 
Uh, you know right. what? Uh, here's the thing, guys. You, 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 nobody ever dislikes seeing a game seven. Uh, no matter what right. the no matter what the series is, no matter what the sport is, if it's a playoff series and you got a game seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, that always brings extra excitement. So I uh, wouldn't mind at all seeing a game seven. Of course, that's me being uh, objective. You know, I don't really care who wins. Uh, I'm not being paid by anybody uh, like Tommy is, so uh, it doesn't make any difference to me who wins, to be honest. Well, you're well, right Roger, that, uh, just that going way. back to your comment for a minute, I don't know whether what you watched last night, but I saw one of the most unbelievable final ten minutes of a game. The final mm-hmm. ten minutes were uh, were probably played in a minute and a half. Wow. Uh, the game last night to close out was just unbelievable. Between the replays, the change calls, the missed foul shots, the final shot with nine-tenths of a second to go from the baseline, a lob pass over to basket first. So, I mean, I got to say, whether you're a basketball fan or not, if you watched that, last, that game last night over the last five or ten minutes, you mm-hmm. really saw something. Oh, definitely. Well, By all you know, that's what they say uh, when you get to the playoffs, Don. That's when it happens, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, But, you know, just to follow with what Roy said about you don't want to be in the seventh, seventh game, uh, right. there's nobody that can uh, probably feels that way that more than Doc Rivers. He's been in more yes. seven-game uh, playoff mm-hmm. games than in, I think any coach in his NBA history which is, you know, an amazing statistic. So, uh, but anyway, I, I really mm-hmm. like that uh, point, uh, Roy, about uh, the seventh game, because I don't like them either, especially no. if you have the opportunity to uh, to not go to the seventh game. Okay? Well, uh, Roger, I think you might have missed my point. My point is uh, I think everybody loves the game stuff from a fan standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I right. got to think uh, the players love them too. I mean, that's uh, – I think that's we all we all kind of hope for Game Sevens, if, you know, if we don't have a, a you know a horse in the race, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that's Game Sevens that's are, uh, are exciting. If you have the the horse in the race and you're you're supposed to win in less, which is basically what my point was with Doc Rivers and the Seventy Sixers. Oh, I okay. See. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right about so that. That's what that's what I'm talking about. And, and oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really the other thing, Roger, is that, uh, and really the National Hockey League has proven true in the playoffs. Home court advantage is not a home court advantage. I mean, the 76ers lost mm-hmm. every right. game they played at home, including That's the seventh game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And in this hockey series, time, right. just this hockey series alone, you see the swing back and forth with visiting teams winning, which uh, right. I think is mm-hmm. a great thing myself. Roy? Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. What was the point, Don? I, I missed that. The fact that if you have home home ice advantage, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. That's right. No, it doesn't. Um, That's great point. And, and, and again, I, you know, again, I'm not following the NBA, so I'm not really quite sure what's going on there. But I think the fact that, you know, the crowds are not, you know, they're not sellout crowds anywhere. I mean, Tampa's got about fourteen, fifteen thousand uh, right. in a building mm-hmm. that's going to hold almost nineteen thousand. That's still a significant mm-hmm. number. But I think it's uh, Nassau County Coliseum is probably going to be about 12,000. I mean, you look at the at Montreal, mm-hmm. they got 3,500 people. Uh, I think the only one that's really had a home ice advantage, uh, at least crowd-wise, in, in the NHL here, at least in these last four, is Vegas. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's you know, uh, there, there, there's no there's no restrictions there at all. Uh, but it hasn't right. meant much mm-hmm. because uh, you know Montreal just came out the other night and. Uh, 
and just ignored that crowd. And, of course, you know, hey, mm-hmm. I, I think teams at this point, you look, you get to this level, there's a way to feed off of that as well. There's a way to feed off that negative, uh, you know, chatter that you're hearing from the crowd and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll see if the Lightning can do it tonight. My guess is they can. But uh, that crowd can also give a team a boost. So you're right. It, it's harder yes. and harder to get a home ice advantage or a home court advantage anymore, mm-hmm. really, in sports. And, you know, with what the coronavirus, coronavirus has done, it's, uh, it's really leveled the playing field in that regard in a lot of ways. Yes. Well, you know, Roy, the, uh, you're exactly right. And I'll tell you, uh, I, I get to see uh, every uh, Braves game on TV. And uh, they are really uh, drawing, packing, uh, uh, truest uh, uh, field. And and then you look at what's going on with the Phillies. They didn't even mm-hmm. hit the half the the, uh, the half uh, uh, filled number last night. I, I mean, you know, it was not even. Um, but I meant to say is they didn't even hit 50 percent of capacity mm-hmm. last night. And and you know, and Philly's always been a really good baseball town. So you're exactly yes. right. I think the COVID, because like up there, they are behind in getting people out, whereas down here, people have been out for, um, longer than uh, than up in the north. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be next year before we get back to, to normal crowds and yep. uh, mm-hmm. the, the crowds gonna start having a real impact on games. I think. I mean, you all you could see it. You know, you, I mean, you'll see it. I think you'll see it in the NFL come the fall, and you'll probably see it in the baseball playoffs, and maybe even down the stretch here, come September, October. Uh, you'll probably see it then. Um, but you're, still, you're right. Right now, it's, uh, it's hard to get a whole, you know, a real advantage uh, out of the crowd. Again, depending on where you're at. In some places, it's a little mm-hmm. bit better, but not quite uh, everywhere. Well, Roy, I'll tell you, last night was really super. I know you said you switched back and forth uh, uh, during the Chicago Cubs mm-hmm. and so forth. But I want to tell you, I, I watched the Philly game. Roger will tell you, it came right down to the wire. And I had a great chance mm-hmm. to win it in the bottom of the ninth inning. Didn't get it done. Same thing with the New York Yankees. They had a chance to win it in the bottom of the ninth inning. Great play. Uh, the New York mm-hmm. Mets, their game last night went down to the ninth inning. Uh, One-run game. I mean, there were so many great games and great plays right. uh, mm-hmm. along with the basketball. Roger, I, I just thought it was right. a great, great night for sports. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it was. And and uh, I'll tell you, the guy that's really impressed me is Charlie Morton. And, uh, I mean, he's really coming around now. That was a masterpiece he pitched last night. And, right. uh, and I've watched a lot of his games, uh, well, uh, throughout the season, but even more so recently. And he really impresses right. me. And uh, was, was he with Tampa last year? Yes, he was. Roger. He was a big part of that, yes, uh, that team that got to the World Series, uh, Roger. And you're, you're seeing what Tampa saw a year ago and even the year before. And, you know, right. Tampa really benefited from Charlie Morton, and they're they're missing him now. I mean, without mm-hmm. Tyler Glass now, Tampa's starting to, to struggle a little bit. They brought up Wander Franco, the top prospect in the game, yes, and he had a big night last night. You know, they're mm-hmm. looking for that kid, 20 years old, um, never mm-hmm. played in the league before, to give this team a spark. And well, he gave him a spark last night. Hit a three-run homer to tie the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a double at one point. Uh, some great at-bats, taking a walk, did the same thing again tonight in his first at-bat. Uh, solid in the infield, um, but it wasn't enough. And, um, you know, I, look, the kid's going to be something to watch uh, here in Tampa going forward. But, 
they may regret um, not holding on to at least Charlie Morton or Blake Snell because right. uh, they are really mm-hmm. hurting in terms of starting pitching right now. They don't really have an ace uh, anymore. Right. Rich Hill might be the guy for them. Um, but, you know, and look, Rich Hill finds a way every year to, you know, to win you a dozen games and keep the ERA below four. But uh, mm-hmm. you may have a hard time winning those games this year. I didn't have a chance to see him play last night. The Rays, that is. Uh, however, they are on MLB tonight, so we'll have a chance to uh, uh, see them along with the Yankees, the Mets, and the Phillies. So, uh, a lot of baseball to watch. And, and also, That's right. I'll throw this out at you guys. I've, I've seen some great – I'll tell you, you talk about interesting baseball. Watch the College World Series. They play the oh, game gosh, the way yeah. it's supposed to yeah. be. They run out every play. They bunt. They right. steal. Everything they do is what baseball's all about. And I'll tell you one thing. If you have a chance to watch college baseball and, and the World Series, you're going to see better games than you see on, on television with the pros. That's right, Don. Great point. I've been watching the College World Series and enjoy every minute of it because these guys, they want, them, they want their team to win. It's a team effort. It's like the old team in baseball. And this way they get noticed, they get drafted, and, and they go from there. But I think the College Baseball World Series, I'm watching a lot of that. It's, the, the pros are this pros are this pros up there. But these kids are playing for the heart and soul of the college right, right there when they're in there. Yeah, I watched that uh, game with uh, Vanderbilt and North Carolina State the other right. night, mm-hmm. other night, and I've seen, have seen some other ones too. But I'm really impressed on just like you said about the play mm-hmm. and small ball, and uh, mm-hmm. you know it's just. Uh, by the way, we have to send out congratulations, uh, Tom. My good friend Tom Williams let me know Ocean City High School state championship i think for i don't know if it's the first time but the first wow. in a long time of new jersey mm. state baseball champions so congratulations that's great. to them that's wonderful well, as i say i, I, know, I, you know, the I know the pitching's been pretty good the, the, uh, i i've seen i three i've seen three games in their entire year four and i've seen mm. some of uh, partial games but uh just a lot of fun to watch it uh, just the mm-hmm. fact the way they play with the energy, as Tommy just said, with the enthusiasm, oh, yes. uh, the relationship between the coaches, the managers, and the players. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's really a terrific sport to watch right now. It certainly is. Okay. And I know, Roy, a you're great... a big baseball fan and a purist, and so you're you're with us on this. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the College World Series is a tremendous event. Uh, I mean, let's face it. Hey, guys, it's the World Series. So, um, you know, and, uh, hey, guys are playing for a little bit more than just, uh, you know, what they're trying to, you know, just to win to win the College World Series. A lot of those guys are playing for spots on the on Team USA and uh, obviously for draft draft selection uh, or draft position, rather. There's a lot on the line for these kids, always is. Uh, yeah, when it comes to college sports, uh, the College World Series, if, uh, you know, it doesn't get the um, – it certainly doesn't get the, the attention that uh, – uh, the NCAA basketball tournament does, or, or certainly the you know college football playoffs do, or anything like that. But it's just as good. It really is. And you're right. There's it's a it's a high level brand of baseball, uh, for the most part. Usually, uh, you know, eight out of ten games are all very always very close. Sometimes they're pretty high scoring, but they're always close. And you're right. Uh, there's a lot of unique uh, approaches. Guys doing a lot of things that you don't see much anymore in the big league game uh, right. because you know just because of the way uh, guys throw not everybody's throwing you know 98 miles an hour uh, 
throwing cutters and stuff in college ball. <clears throat> so you got to make things happen a little bit. You got to, a lot of them are, uh, you know, there's a lot of hitting uh, in college baseball because, again, uh, you know, pitchers, some, most of them are two, at best, a three pitch pitcher. You don't find too many four pitch pitchers out there. Command's not always great, but, uh, you know, just the, just the energy level is uh, always makes it special. Hey, like I say, if they're playing for a championship, uh, those, those games are great. Well, you know, we were talking about Carriola because Larry Bow is all set to go. And, and first of all, as always, first half hour with you is always great, whether it's baseball, Absolutely hockey, or whatever. Fantastic. And thank yep. you so much, as always, for being on the first half hour. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Roy, have a great thanks, week. Roy. Thank you. All right. Let's, take care. Again, we're going to stay with the baseball momentarily. Let's switch over right now because Larry Bow is standing by. And Larry, before we talk about baseball, I talked with you about 10 days ago. Uh, before you got all the great ratings on your TV show. But uh, let's <laughs> let's chat a little bit about Charlie Manuel and Larry Boa on after the Phillies games and uh, where did the idea come from and who really put it forth? Well, to be honest with you, last year Char- Charlie and I were talking. Uh, he said, you know, we ought to just do a go into a casino and do a question and answer period, you know, maybe an hour once a week. And, uh, and so we threw that around and then, Somebody came up. I don't even know who it was. They said, why don't you guys try to do a show? And so we said, okay, yeah, we'll do it. It's it's just not – it's it's everything, you know, but mostly baseball. But uh, we're having fun with it. You know, we do it uh, – uh, We I think we're going to have 20 shows, somewhere around that. And uh, I don't know. It, it's just something that pop, propped up, and we're having – like I said, we're having fun with it. And we can talk baseball and get into the uh, – the, uh, analytics stuff and everything, you know, old school, new school, whatever you want to talk about. It's been uh, and Charlie's, been fun. Charlie's it's been quite fun a so conversationalist well. to go along with it, so that's got to be a lot of fun working with him. I know you traveled them all last year to see the minor league players play, and so you guys were uh, pretty much right on top of both the minor leagues and the major leagues. Right, and we're doing the same thing now. Uh, you know, we're going when, when we're home, we go to the games in Philly and uh, – and then when we, when they go on the road, we usually go out and watch watch our minor league guys play. So it keeps us busy, keeps us involved, and uh, basically uh, stay on top of our minor league system a little bit. Hey, Larry, NBC Roger Sports here. Philadelphia is where where you have your chance to see NBC Sports Philly, and uh, so continued success with that. Roger, we'll get you right. switch over to the game no, well, that's itself. What I, Go to I it. I wanted to follow up with that, Don. Uh, that uh, Larry, it, it's a great show. And what's great about it is you can watch it on the NBC Sports Philly app like I did. Right. And, and exactly which, right. which you can be any place and watch it. And uh, it's uh, congratulations. It's really a great show. Well, uh, what I'm, thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, what I'm, I'm concerned about is, the uh, well, they had offense today, but they lost again. The Phillies just seem very lackluster. Uh, as far as uh, putting it all together. And uh, what do you think? Uh, you think there'll be a seller or a, a buyer, uh, you know, at the end of July? To, to be honest with you, I, I, I don't think they know. When I say they, our front office, I, I really don't think they know right now. Uh, we're, we've been very inconsistent, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, one yeah. day we'll get some hitting, then we get some decent starting pitch, and then we get no starting pitch and no hitting. Good bullpen one day, bad bullpen another day. Fielding has been below average. Uh, it's just been a very inconsistent team. 
And, uh, you know, they always say your, your record is what your record is. And that's exactly, people are right. You know, we're, we're not a very good team right now, but nobody in the East right now is very good. So no. as far as who's buying and who's selling, I think every one of these teams in the East will wait to, as long as they can. But I also don't think there's going to be a wild card out of the East. I, I think there's, there's, there's a chance right. three teams could come out of the West. And so you're going to have to win the division. And right now, the way we're playing, uh, well, the way everybody's playing, really, uh, nobody really is jumping out there to take hold of this thing. The Mets, I will give the Mets credit. I mean, they've had, at one time, I think their entire starting lineup, basically, with the exception of Lindor, has been out. And they're starting to get some people back. And, uh, you know, we we got a big series coming up with them. And uh, before we lost today, you know, we figured go in there in four-game series and uh, maybe split with it. We're going to have to do better than that. So uh, right now, like I said, if, if I had one word, it's inconsistent. Very inconsistent yeah, the, baseball. Yeah, the Mets are up no, 5 nothing on the Braves after the classic that uh, Charlie Morton pitched uh, last night. But you're exactly right. That's the way it is in the NL East. And uh, right. I, know, I know I quoted this before. Ruben Amaro on the WIP morning show uh, early in the season, uh, predicted that the closer uh, would not be on was not on the Phillies roster at that time, and uh, I know he, I talked called in one time about that. He still felt that way, but had no idea who it would be. And, and Neris just drives me crazy uh, because I you, you know it's not like you, you really have a closer that you feel confident, and then, then he lost the game the other day, and then he lost it today. Well, to be honest with you, I mean, Maris has been in a punch lately. And, uh, now, Tom, Tommy's got to shut the mic off because it's blocking yeah. everybody out. Uh, Larry okay. doesn't know it, but Tommy's at the lazy uh, trying to do a broadcast during our show uh, from the lightning broadcast. So we're getting a lot of overrides. So, Tommy, uh, you gotta you got to close that mic off over there. And, and uh, go ahead, Roger, finish your point. Well, that's, that was my, go ahead, Larry. That was, no, I, was my point about Harris. Yeah, yeah, he has to be very inconsistent. But if you take a look at today's game, we've got a 5 nothing lead, and Velasquez mm-hmm. can't get out of the fifth inning. And so yeah. everybody's put on, you know, that, that you're in a big league. You should be able to protect a five-run lead and, and, and at least go to the sixth, seventh inning. We, we had to go to the bullpen in the fifth inning. But you're right. Naris has been inconsistent just like everybody else. Alvarado, his last two or three times out, has been great. Before yeah. that, he's been all over the place. He walks two or three guys, hits a guy, strikes out two guys. So uh, to say one guy, I can't say that, but – well, Ruben said the closer might not be on the team, but in order to get a closer, you're going to have to give up something. And I don't know yeah. if our farm system, I know it's not that deep where we're going to get a closer. So I, I, I have absolutely no idea what they're going to do. They, he might give Alvarado a shot because his last two or three times out, he has thrown the ball over the plate. And when he throws it over the plate, he is almost unhittable. But, again, we're talking about consistency. Right. Larry, I don't know if you've had a chance because you're pretty busy to see any of the College World Series. Al Leiderson pitched a great game in the first game. He didn't win it, uh, but he pitched a I great game and, and had a great uh, great variety of pitches. And, of course, his dad was <laughs> right there in the stands, rooting for him and right down pitch by pitch. But I, I just think that, yeah. and I said this before you came on, so many good things in the College World Series, and I've seen so many games, they do everything the way I remember it. They bunt. 
They right. hit and run. They steal bases. They they yep. do so many great things. It it's better than watching the pros. Right. Right now, you're exactly right. The only thing that I don't like about college baseball is the coaches take the game completely away from the catcher. And and to me, part of part of, of learning the game of baseball is reading swings, setting hitters up. And these guys are like robots. They look over on every single pitch. So, you know, I, I say if you draft a catcher, if you're in the big leagues, you can add two more years because it's going to take two years for him to do this by himself. That's the only bad thing, but I agree with the other stuff. They're hitting and running. They're stealing. They're squeezing. Sacrifice bunt. I love watching it. it. It's exciting baseball. They have some very good athletes, and uh, Leiter's kid gave up one bad pitch. It was a home run. He had outstanding yep. stuff, throwing strike one, pounding the strike zone. But the only thing that I dislike is these coaches doing every single thing for the pitcher and catcher. And to me, and I understand, you know, their big job is to get – as many wins as you can, but you know, you're doing a disservice to these guys because you're not giving them any responsibility. They're not learning how to set up hitters. They're not learning how to uh, to read swings. And uh, I think that's the only drawback that I would say that in, in college baseball. Tommy, you with us yet? Or, no, you have to be still uh, Larry, the game. Okay, what, Roger, pick it up, Roger. Yeah. Larry, what do you think of uh, the uh, the new rule that was implemented? The, uh, the I guess what last night, night before, um, about the uh, the uh, you know the the pitchers being checked uh, for uh, illegal uh, substance on on the ball. Uh, to be to be honest with you, right now I, I don't like it at all. If you're going to do something like that, you do it after the last game of the season. Or you do it at the mm-hmm. beginning of spring training. You don't do it right in the middle of the season. It'd be like telling a hitter, you can't use batting gloves. You can't put pine tar on your bat. You know, you want to set these rules. Do it and give these pitchers an opportunity. Hey, let me tell you, guys have been using pine tar since baseball was invented. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, have some gone a little bit further? Yeah, there's no question about that. But uh, Scherzer made a good point last night. You know, he doesn't want to hit anybody in the face or anything like that. You've got to get some kind of grip on the baseball. They don't want to rub them up like they used to. So, you know what? And, and they revert to other stuff. But if you're going to incorporate that rule, you don't do it in the middle of the season. That, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen happen. Now, I'm not opposed to that, but like I said, do it at the end of the season or before spring training starts next year. Yeah, I mean, I agree you stayed up late enough to see the post-game show last night, Larry, but uh, Joe Girardi, uh, of course, he, he was the one that came out because of the fact that uh, – Scherzer was uh, using his he used his hand over his hair, which he said he had never done. He did it five times in this game, and you know maybe that was an indication he was doing something. And uh, so Joe made a bit of point of that. Uh, talked about it a lot on the post game show. Uh, you know, I, I I agree with you, but I, I disagree. I just think listen, just, they'll just find another way. They may not use the same products, but they'll find another way. They've always done it. You can use your fingers now on the mound, so you can go back to a spitball. You, I mean, you can do something you, if you, you really want to work at it. You, so, uh, well, to you me, know what, I just think I was overkill have... last night. I watched a lot of games last night, and I must it have was... seen ten times the game was stopped mm-hmm. while they checked the pitcher. It, it was overkill. But you, if you want to even take it a step further, you're going to have to start looking at every infielder's glove, too. Because I'll be honest with you, when I played shortstop, not for our pitchers, for me in April and May, I had a little pine tar on my glove because I wanted to get a feel 
in my throwing hand. So you could go to the first baseman, put pine tar in his glove. You could go to the catcher in his gear. You could go to the third baseman when they throw the ball around their horn. You can get all that stuff any way you want. So that means they're going to undress everybody on the playing field. And what you said last night was overkill. How many times are you going to do it? How many times is that going to happen? So you know what? They did it at the wrong time. That's all I'm saying. Incorporate that stuff, and you can start spring training and undress guys all you want. Do it 20 times if you want. But you don't do it in the middle of the season. It's just a a stupid – whoever came up with that – they, they ought to have their head examined because I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying the timing of it is wrong. Roger? Hey, Larry. Yeah, well, go, go ahead, Tommy. Larry, how are you doing? A big fan of yours, one of the sponsors of the radio program. We're big fans of the Phillies, Tommy White. I got a message for you to tell Mr. Charlie Manuel. Tell Charlie I'm hitting the ball real good. I knew Charlie um, as manager of the Indians, and he managed the Phillies, for God's sake. It was a great 2008 was was a great year, but tell Charlie, Tommy G's hitting the ball good. I used to play with him in the Indian uh, scramble every year when they used to train the winter heavy. So Charlie, one day, I came to his office, man, to the Phillies. I said, hey, get your, get your butt in there. I want to talk to you. The Phillies PR guy said he chanted out, Tommy G's a friend of mine. Get in there. <laughs> <laughs> but Charlie, Charlie's uh, Larry, I'm with big... you all day now. Oh, I know. Just, just tell him I said hello my very best. I, I will. I will. You know, you know, Larry. I'll tell you another rule that uh, I, I don't understand uh, fully uh, is the uh, doubleheader only having nine or seven innings instead of nine, and I just think that's ridiculous. It is. It is ridiculous because Terrible. you might as well throw all those records out. Throw all those records out. Pretty soon, you're going to have a complete game, or I should say, a quality start will be four innings. That's where we're yeah. at right now. You're not going to see complete games. That's out the window. You're never going to see anybody break Pete Rose's hit record. It just the game is is turned around completely. It's, it's done a 180. And people, I'm going to be honest with you, I go out a lot in Philadelphia. They don't like watching baseball anymore. They do not like. I know. Them. And you know what? Let's go back to how the game was played. This has nothing to do with old school, new school, whatever school. Play the game the right way. Take away all this analytics to these young kids in A-ball. Let them play. Let them learn how to read swings. Let them learn how to change positions when the count's 2-0 and and 3-1. and We treat everybody. When I say we, I'm talking about all of baseball. We treat them like robots. You move over here. They don't ask why. You move over here. You play over here. You learn by watching hitters. That's how you learn in A-ball. Now, when you graduate, go up to double-A and triple-A, you want to get a little more sophisticated, I'm all for it. But these kids that are coming out of college and A-ball, let them play and analyze. Let them learn from their mistakes. You pick out who the prospects are. Watch them progress through your system. Now as you get to double-A, you want to put a little more on their plate. But they're they're putting too much on their plate as soon as they put on a uniform now. And these kids, all they worry about is launch angle, exit velocity, spin rate. They don't know how to win baseball games. It's all individual stuff. And if I have a good spin rate, I'm going to the big leagues. If I have a good exit velocity, Mm. I'm going to the big leagues. It's it's not about winning. No. No, you're right. One of the things, too, you talked about the sophistication. And, uh, you know, I sit there night after night after night. I mean, in the days when you were playing, and I don't mean to go back and say this, uh, but sit there, and you got the shortstop standing by second base, 
and the other three infielders on the right side. I mean, if you can't hit the ball to left field or bunt it down the third baseline, I mean, but they don't want all they want to do is hit home runs. I mean, how can you not take advantage? And that's 90% of the time. You're exactly right. I watched Brandon Bell. I came home after the Philly game today, and they said he's had about seven or eight hits now. And they put the shift on him. He bunts the ball down third. That's how you stop all that stuff. But That's you know right. What? It's called it's right. called handling the bat, being able to make an adjustment in your swing. And guys don't want to do it. They want to keep lifting, mm-hmm. and and they keep right. complaining about hitting into the shift. Well, the only way to stop that is to do something about it. And right. until we do now, the baseball wants to take that in their own hands and say no more shifts. Well, that's ridiculous. If you can't handle a bat at the big league level, you shouldn't be up there. And you want to keep getting yeah. into a shift? Go ahead. Yeah. Larry, well, they've been shifting since Ted Williams. This isn't something that just exactly. started. To go back to 1947, 46, what are you talking about? I mean, uh, right. the other thing I wanted to check in with you before we, before we run out of time. What well, made Charlie, or what makes Charlie, uh, even though he's on the, uh, doing the TV show with you now, what made him such a good hitting instructor because my, mm-hmm. my feeling is that if you can hit, you can hit, but uh, he, maybe you can help some people, but he certainly has helped a lot of people. Yes, he has. Yeah. He, you know, he, he, he breaks your swing down. He doesn't just look at, 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 uh, at uh, your swing. He looks at your legs, your hips. He gets, he gets mm-hmm. involved into it. And he, he's a firm believer that these people that are te- teaching this lift mm-hmm. the ball and exit and uh, exit velocity and launch angle, he says they're killing the game of baseball. And you know what? It he, is. He's right. Yeah. But Charlie can he break is. down a swing. Charlie can break down a swing in a second. And it, he learned how to hit. He even told me when he went to Japan. He says I wasn't a good hitter playing in the states. He says, but I learned how to hit. And he, he knows exactly what he's talking about when it comes to hitting. Yep. Hey, Larry, well, you know, another stuff. great hitting coach was Charlie Lau. You know, legendary yep. uh, hitting coach, yes. and he'd probably just go crazy today. With uh, you're exactly right, and you know when you talked about people around the uh, Philadelphia area, uh, I heard that what yesterday's or last night's attendance didn't even hit the fifty percent mark mm. of uh, full capacity at Citizens Bank Park. No, I think I think what we're doing right now, we still have a hangover from the Sixers, and uh, they're not into the oh. Phillies yet, and. And you know, okay, yeah. you know what? In, in, unless we start winning, you're going to see a lot of empty seats. We're, we're not playing. You know, we'll play a good game, and then we'll play two bad ones. Then we'll play two good ones. Right. Then we'll play a bad mm-hmm. one. We have got to get some type. We have too good a lineup. And the first three pitchers in our rotation are doing fairly well. I know they've had their lumps a couple times lately. But you know what? We need that. We need to play up to our capability. We got a payroll of over two hundred million dollars, and right. you shouldn't be floundering under five hundred with the team mm. we're putting out there. That's right. I, I, I was just going to say the same thing. Well, every time they get the the other night, they had a chance to get back to five hundred. They lost. Now they lost again today. Uh, every time yep. they get close to five hundred, they fall down. You, you know, I mean, Don, I mean, it, it, you know, that's what people say. And, I, and I'm saying, if you guys are watching our games, the, the word that mm-hmm. comes up is inconsistent. That, that's, it doesn't – you can't say there's no ability out there. We have some ability out there. We've got some athletes out there. But all year we have not had where we have three hitters in the lineup. 
hot at one time. You know, we might have Hoskins hot and Harp doesn't get hot. We might have Riamuto hot and the other two don't get hot. We need three or four guys to stay hot for a week to ten days, and we haven't had that. You know, we get one guy that swings it real good, which Hoskins on the last road trip came around. We had Riamuto before he got his little hand injury. He was swinging good, and Harp really hasn't gotten on track the last couple of games now. He's hit a couple hmm. home runs. So we need to get more than one or two guys hot. And when we do that, I think we can put together a winning streak. Roger? Larry, I can... Yeah, I agree totally, Larry. That's exactly what it's going to take. And hopefully uh, it will turn around because you're right. I mean, with a payroll like that and the talent that's on that team, a kid that I really am impressed with is Luke Williams because he seems to be yeah, able to play any place and, and play well. He, he had a real good spring training. And, uh, you know, if you check his minor league stats and everything, he really didn't do that well offensively prior to this year. He was in the 240s, 250s. But he's learned how to – he's another kid that's – he's taken his experience. He's hitting balls the other way. And, uh, as you said, he, he could play anywhere on the infield. He could play in the outfield. He's got good hands. He runs good. Uh, he's a tremendous utility guy to have. And whenever you want to give somebody a rest, you can throw him in there and you're not going to skip a beat. But I think this kid has learned how to play baseball. He's learned how to hit a little bit. And he's using the whole field. I watched him three years ago in Reading. Everything was – he pulled everything. And I watched him in hmm. spring training this year. And since he's been called up, he's hit the ball to right field. He's hitting it up the middle. He's learned how to maneuver the bat. And uh, he, he's a valuable asset for us. There's no question. Hmm. Well, the other factor is when you when you look at the Phillies and and uh, you look at the rest of the National League East, you're exactly right. Anybody gets hot, gonna probably win it the last week. But uh, it, it's just you and you have a payroll like the Phillies have right now, uh, which is mm-hmm. unbelievable. But it answer is. me this, and you probably don't have an answer for it. Joe got a lot of trouble when he held Harper out of a game and didn't uh, didn't say he wasn't going to play. Do you think that the, the energy that he puts into every single swing, do you think that affects his back or, or, or something else? He, well, you know, Don, he, 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 he can't swing like, I've heard Mike Schmidt talk to him, because Mike, you know, if you, 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 you followed Schmidt, he, he was a, he gave 100% on every swing when he first came up. He learned how to break it down to 75 or 80% because he's so mm-hmm. strong, and I've heard him talk to Harp a lot of times. Hey, you don't have to swing 100%. You're so strong. You just hit the ball to right, left center, right center. The ball is going to go right. out of the ballpark. But he mm-hmm. puts he, – he has a it, – it's like 100% every swing. And you know what? There's so much torque on that swing. It, you, you're going to pull something, and that's why he's had some back issues, I believe. Hopefully yep. he's learning through this mm-hmm. that I don't need to swing that hard. This ballpark's not a big ballpark. I can hit mm-hmm. balls to straightaway center. I can hit them to left center. I can hit them to right center, the ball he hit today was a line drive to left center. Had a very nice swing on it. And I think he's starting to understand a little bit. And, you know, let's let's not forget, this guy got hit in the face, too, with a 97-mile yeah. fast ball. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. You, you're going to go in that batter's box. I'm not saying you're afraid, but you're a little apprehensive. You know, you're just saying, man, I just almost got killed with a fast. And so I think that had a lot to do with it. And it looks like the last couple of games that I've watched, and he's starting to come out of it a little bit. And we definitely need him to get hot. Larry, do you think Scott Kingery can uh, be saved and get back to the big leagues? 
I think Scott Cameron can be saved if he wants to save himself. He got brainwashed oh, with that launch angle and exit velocity, and it messed yeah. his whole swing up. I remember when he first came up, man, he had all the best swing in the world, and mm-hmm. hitting balls the other way and uh, right center, left center, using the whole field. It uh, yeah. this kid's got a lot of ability, man. It's it just he's got to realize what he's all about. He's not a home run hitter. I got some strength for a little guy, but you know what? When he learns how to hit the ball the way he did earlier. I have no idea why he changed, maybe getting a four- or five-year deal. But uh, I like Scott. I think Scott brings a lot to the table. But he's got to learn how to hit the ball the other way. Yeah, I, I hey, liked him a lot a when he came up. Larry, got a question for you. Yeah. yeah um, you know, with Charlie Manuel's manager of the Indies all those years, he really took Jim Tomey under his wing and made Jim, Jim Tomey a 500-plus hitter up there. <laughs> And I like the way Jim, I like the way I used to watch him work with the batting cage, and you know, Charles, Jim Tomey took the big swing like Smitty used to take. Charles used to take it seventy-five right. percent swing that way down the thing, and look at Jim Tomey what he's done. He did the same thing with Kenny Lofton and Manny Ramirez in Cleveland while I was up there. It's un, unbelievable, but he's a good man on the oh, golf course. The, Larry, go, go, go play with him. <laughs> oh, the, the, Charlie, uh, Charlie, uh, they, they, uh, he talks about that team in Cleveland, man. They had. Top to bottom, that might have been as good an offense as you're going to see in baseball. I mean, those guys did some damage. They had speed at the top. They had power. They had good hitters at the bottom. Uh, but Tommy's another guy. He's brute strength might be as strong as anybody I've ever seen. I mean, I, I had the luxury of managing him in Philly, and he could hit balls straight away center and left field as far as anybody. And the and and we talked during spring training, and then we also talked uh, once the season got underway. And you were really pretty optimistic that uh, that they had turned the corner a little bit on this bullpen, that they were going to be a, a much improved bullpen than what you had last year, which was the worst in the league. Uh, are you right. still optimistic, or are you a pessimist? You know, you know why I'm you know why I'm optimistic, Don, because last night they threw six and a third of of, uh, of scoreless baseball. You know, and, I'm, and, and then tonight, today they come in and they couldn't even hold anybody. So, I mean, again, we're using the word consistency. Uh, if Alvarado throws strikes, he's got a chance to be a closer. You know, we, we just, we walked, I think we walked seven, seven guys today, or six out of the seven scored. You can't do that at the big league level. You can't walk that many guys. We had a 5 nothing lead, and, and Velasquez goes out and walks the first two get hitters in the top of the fifth. First two hitters to score five to nothing. It was the bottom of the order. You can't do that up here. You cannot do that. And if you're talking about the middle of the lineup, I'll give you that. You got a pitcher, careful, you don't want him to hurt you, but you got seven and eight right. to nothing. Oh, well, a perfect example you, that was last win, night the Yankee game. The Yankees are ahead. They got a three run lead, seven to four. Going there, they're down seven to four going into the ninth inning. It's going to be a cakewalk win. It should be. What do they do? They walk the first batter, the first batter at the bottom of the ninth inning. Next guy hits a home run. Now instead of, you know, it's it's unbelievable to me. Let the first guy hit a home run if he's going to, but guys, you can't walk him. Hey, you know, Don, it, it, it's called common sense because today when Vinny walked, he walked uh, Harrison to start the fifth. Now, the score's five to nothing. Washington's <laughs> behind. So he walks Harrison. Okay. I, I, okay. And now he, he, he tries to pick him off first. Now, if you're, if you're using your head 
That's my dog. You must see somebody. If you're using your head, that's the dog I know is more than all of us. You're going to say. Right. <laughs> first thing you're going to say is, this guy's not going to run here. They're down five runs. So right. where's your concentration level? You're not going to steal five runs down. Right. Right. So, I mean, just little things like that, you know, that, that I don't know, you scratch your head out and you say, man, it's, it's, if, if you're using your head Thank and thinking you. about the game, Thank you. you know, you're going to see that stuff. That's a perfect example of inconsistency, Larry. He has a great a great outing, maybe two, and then he goes back to a previous uh, a type of uh, performance. It's, it's a shame. He's been, he's been doing that. He's been doing that his whole career. And yeah. Right when you're ready to write him off, you come out and throw a shutout. So. No one's ever doubted his arm. He's got a great arm. No. And he's a great athlete. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's a real good athlete. Real good athlete. Larry, going back to what you said uh, at the top of the show about uh, college baseball and the, and the dugout calling all the pitches, I mean, if I see one more guy that's been in the major leagues for five years, six years, seven years, every time he goes out in the field, he looks at his hat, where am I going to play? I mean, come on. These guys are basically <laughs> players. What are they doing? Well, I like when they go through the lineup once and the guy comes up the second time, they're checking it again. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> concentration. When you, we used to go over the hitters before the, the game, <sighs> and we knew how we were going to play them. We didn't need to look every time they came to bat. But again, we're taking the responsibility away and put giving them all these – these gadgets that all that it, you know. Oh well, they told me to play here. This is where I'm going to play, and that's what happens. You, you know, they, there's no, there's no accountability because they don't have to be accountable because we give them all this so-called info to make it easier for you, and uh, you sometimes you got to use your own instincts and your eyes. You know, I guess well, this season has to be a challenge for uh, Joe Girardi too, Larry. Uh, you know, because, uh, you know, I mean, he's uh, had some questionable calls, but any manager does. But, uh, I mean, coming out of spring training, everybody thought that the offense would be really high-powered and, uh, you know, pitching uh, uh, better for, in relief and uh, third, uh, fourth and fifth starters may be a problem, but not like it's right. been. And uh, he's got to right. be really I- frustrated. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I mean, I, I'm frustrated. I'm not in, even in uniform. But uh, when we when we went to spring training, when we left spring training, the one thing I thought we were going to do is score a lot of runs. I did. Yeah. And we have at times, but uh, there's too many where we're not scoring any runs. And then, as you said, at the top of our rotation, I like it. But if you look at every team in the National League East, they're four and five starters. They're not lights out. I mean, Atlanta's gone through a lot of injuries. The Mets have gone through a lot of injuries. So you can't use that as an excuse. I don't think there's one team that's got five legit starters. Four and five in every rotation is going to be question marks. And your bullpen, like I said yesterday, lights out, six and two-thirds or six and a third. Tonight, we couldn't get anybody out. So, mm-hmm. again, we're, 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 it's the same guys he called on. It didn't work for us. So it is that's frustrating for a manager, knowing that, hey, I think I got these guys in the right position, and then today's a different day. It didn't happen. Yeah. 
Well, for so many years, we watched Bonds, uh, both with Pittsburgh and San Francisco, and, and uh, you know, he looked like he was a goaltender when, when he came up to the plate. But they got one oh, down and landed. It beats him. I mean, he's not only got all that equipment on, he's got eight different colors. He ought to be in the circus. <laughs> hey, I, I, hey, Don, I guarantee one thing. Let me let me just say this. We'll, we'll cut all this stuff out. If those guys wore the, all that stuff with Gibson and Seaver and Carlton and Nolan Ryan, those guys would try to knock it off their elbow. That There, there should be a, a little bit – I'm not saying a fear factor, but you should be aware that, hey, man, if this guy hits me above my elbow, this is going to hurt. I got hit above my elbow, and it knocks, it knocks the wind out of you. There's a lot of pain. But with all that armor, who cares if you get here? The only thing you really got to worry about is your head. And they got the flap now where, you know, hopefully nobody ever gets hurt with that. But if you hit a guy above the elbow now, the ball bounces off and they go down to first base. Yeah, and the guy playing well, the outfield for the Mets is the Lone Ranger with the uh, full right. face mask now. Right. I mean, he got drilled really good. And and the other thing, you, you how many times you see these guys put gloves on when they're first? To me, that gives you an extra six to eight inches when you're sliding head first to beat the tackle. So, I mean, you're right. these things, they're all gimmicks. And maybe baseball ought to take a look at all that and say, you know what, we're not wearing any armor. You got your helmet. I don't want to see any gloves. I'll learn how to slide feet first. Then you won't break your hand or you hurt your shoulder. And right. we'll see what happens in the game of baseball. Well, the other thing is when when they go back in time, and I thought one of the most courageous calls in baseball by an umpire was when the, the Dodgers were going for said Don Drysdale was going for consecutive innings, and uh, you know he reached out, but his elbow just put up there to knock off the consecutive innings, with, and uh, the umpire made the call right away. We, we never see that anymore. I, I, at least I haven't no. seen it anyway. I haven't either. No, I don't think you can see that. <laughs> no. No. Now, you're never going to see pitchers like Don Drysdale and Robin Roberts and Steve Carlton and Bob Gibson. Complete game, just like you said, Larry, never again. I I like when these guys tell you, when you talk about those kind of uh, pitchers, and they tell you, well, would he throw 92? I'll guarantee you, you put Nolan Ryan on the guns they're using now, you put Seaver and Gibson, it'll register 97, 98. J.R. Richards. It's just the way they shoot the gun now is different. You know, before it used to be with a cross-home play. Now it's out of the hand. So when they say nobody threw hard, try getting in the box with a guy like Bob Gibson. He'll, he'll let you know real quick if you throw hard. Right. Roger, I'll let you wrap it up. We'll let Bo get away. But thank you so very, very much. And we'll also, uh, once again, promo your TV show, which has really got excellent, excellent reviews. NBC Sports Philadelphia. Roger, you closed out this segment. Well, I just want to say, Larry, uh, I, I agree with you. you know, uh, loved your career with the Phillies. I can remember going back uh, to the 70s and, uh, you know, when the guys uh, came up, that whole group, including yourself. And uh, I, they, like Don said, the show is terrific, and I encourage uh, everyone and anyone and everyone, I should say, uh, to get the, uh, the app if you live outside the area like I do. Uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia app, and you can watch the show right on your phone or your electronic device. Well, I appreciate that. We're, we're, we're having a good time with that, and 
you know, like I said, if we can get a little consistency here uh, for maybe two weeks in a row, we can get right back in this thing. But if we continue to play like we're playing, it's going to be a struggle all year. But I, I think they're capable of putting something together here, and we'll see how it plays out. Larry, the one advantage that you had that nobody has now is the fact that Chris Wheeler was around. If you made some mistakes, Chris could help you out. These these fellas today don't have Chris in the they don't have Chris in the box that you know go down on the field and uh, you know settle some of the mistakes. You're exactly right. Uh, one thing about Wheels, he knew fundamental baseball. I know that he sure did. Oh, both. Larry, thank you very very much. I'll tell you, Wheels is one of the great guys. We love to have him on the show. He's one of the great guys that. You're right, not only the fundamentals, but uh, he, he loves the game so much. He follows the game so closely and always did. And uh, what a what a great guy to have on. But, Larry, thank you so very, very much. I'll do it again soon. Good, Good luck, luck with Larry. the show. Thank you. All right, guys. You take yeah. care of yourself. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. You too. Thank Thanks, Larry. All right, we'll just kick it around for a little bit. Uh, Sonny Hill was going to join us in this segment, but uh, Frank tells me that he hadn't been able to get a hold of him yet. So uh, we'll just hold it here, and, and uh, we can say that uh, the Lightning and the Islanders are nothing-nothing with 8 minutes, 16 seconds to go in the first period. Uh, I haven't got the baseball on at the same time, so I can't update that one. Uh, maybe, uh, Roger, you'd like to talk a little about that Phillies game because you saw it this afternoon. I did not. Yeah, well, the, I can tell you the Mets are up over the uh, Braves, 5 nothing, bottom of the fourth. And the Phillies uh, lost this afternoon. Uh, Naris gave up two runs. And like Larry said, they had a 5 nothing lead. They couldn't hold it early in the game. And Velasquez, uh, uh, you know, that was a stupid move, trying to pick somebody off uh, at first base. It's a disaster. And that's all it took. And uh, mm-hmm. it, the final score there was 13-12. to 12. And then, uh, that, but the hockey game, but you know, we were going to have, uh, hopefully, Frank and uh, Sonny. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the NBA and uh, about what happened the other night to the Sixers. And, okay, uh, before you do hockey, that, let me just say that the, the, the uh, Yankees are tied 2 2 with Kansas City uh, at the stadium. And uh, so now we'll switch over to basketball. I wanted to talk a little bit about the NBA as well, Roger. So go ahead, because that was. We wanted to talk about Simmons, and we wanted to talk about the Sixers. You started off. Okay, well, I'll tell you. Simmons was an absolute disgrace. Uh, It's hard to believe that a guy, a first-round draft pick, uh, making the money that he's making, is afraid to take a shot. And he's a dunk when he's right there. And then he's afraid that somebody was going to come over on his back and make him go to the foul line because he can't shoot foul shots. And uh, and I really wanted to talk to Sonny about it because he told us, uh, you know, uh, several years ago that he was going to work with him and he was going to get him straightened out. All summer. He was going to work with him all summer. All summer. And and it's never worked. He will not accept uh, tutelage uh, from other shooting uh, coaches. Uh, he says right. my uh, brother will take care of it, and uh, uh, the uh, I don't know. I, I it's just hard to believe the the Sixers were in a perfect spot to go and win an NBA championship with these other yeah. high powered teams knocked off, and including the Nets. And uh, I, I mean to be able to not do that, 
I mean, it, it's it's just mind-boggling, and obviously they uh, want him on the first Amtrak out of 30th Street Station as soon as possible. Well, you're right. That's why uh, you and I chatted earlier in the week, and I, I, I thought Sonny would be the perfect guy, and I said to Frank and you that uh, I thought he would be the perfect guy to talk about Simmons because I'll be very honest with you. I've never heard professional players who are analysts now and especially at TNT now with Charles Barkley and Shaq and, and so forth, I've never heard anybody come out with the type of criticism that they've come out against Simmons. In fact, Shaq even said if it was, it was halftime, I'd knock him on his ass. I mean, yeah. That's right. yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, I'm oh, with you, Don. It's pretty bad when uh, a situation with a player – uh, he's afraid to shoot and, uh, and and afraid to go to the foul line because he can't shoot foul shots. I mean, you know, it, it's it's just mind-boggling. Well, Charles Barkley mm-hmm. said it. He's right. He's been saying it all year. He said it last year. And mm-hmm. he, he blames the whole organization, not just uh, Doc, but he blames the whole organization for not forcing Simmons to uh, do some work, either with Sonny Hill or somebody, uh, during the summer rather than go out to California with these movie stars at all and uh, and not improve his game. And as you said, the number of dollars he's getting. But both Shaq and, and uh, Charles both said, you never can win. If you've got a player out there that's not going to play, not going to shoot, you're not going to win. And that's exactly yeah. what happened to them in the seventh game. Well, Joel, uh, Joel uh, Emblet was, uh, said, uh, you know, uh, basically the same thing. But he did not zero in on Simmons. But uh, yeah, he inferred, you know, where uh, they lost the game, and that's exactly where they lost the game. And it's just, uh, uh, it's just I can't say anything more than it's, it's mind-boggling. And, but you're right, Don. I mean, the criticism has been uh, from far uh, reaches of the basketball uh, community about this guy. When do you ever see a team in the NBA, you know, wind up losing a seven-game series, but losing all the games on their home floor, not just the seventh yeah. game? You know, you got you got to win at home sometime. You're right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and you're right. I don't know. I mean, uh, the but it all. You're right. It does go back uh, further when Brett Brown was the coach. They this guy has been catered to and. Uh, for years and years, and uh, whatever he wanted to do, you know, and he wants to be the point guard at six ten, and uh, the, it's just what he wants, and he and he's gotten, and uh, and with that, yeah, but he can't handle the ball, he can't shoot. What kind of guard is that? <laughs> well, he that's right, that's exactly right, and that's what my point is. That he's been catered to his entire life. And uh, he's, you know, because of that, he's going to do it his way, no matter what. You take it for, for what it's worth. Tommy, I know you get to see too many of the games, but uh, you have a comment or two about the NBA right now? I'll tell you, last night's game was really something to watch. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think this Atlanta series is going to be good, too. So uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, Tommy, any any uh, any input? Well, about the, about the 76ers, I was watching that series tremendously because I want the Sixers to still win. I'm a Sixer fan all my life, but I, in the heck, I can't figure this out. Dwight Howard going up for a dunk, 
and the ball goes out of bounds. He hit it so hard off the ring, goes out of bounds. Not once, but five times in that one game. Not game seven, but game before that. And the sickness means all you do is do a layup. You don't do the showtime dunk, and it falls out of bounds. And the way that Kermit's handle that, that game seven, I want is, you know, just put your best players there. Let them, let them work it down low and get the three-point that way. I and mean, that shoots you three-point bombs all the time. So, But why did Dwight Howard dunk in his dunk? And the ball ran it out of bounds. Those are easy two points to do an easy layup. I'll try to dunk the ball for showtime. I I never seen before and I, I did not know the rule and uh uh I will say this, the uh the analyst did a great job of explaining it because it was down in the last uh I'm gonna say um uh, nine tenths of a second to go of the game yeah. or a little something like that. And and uh Booger's, Booger's bringing the ball up and he has it knocked out of his hand and it goes off the sideline. And the call was that because it was it touched his hand last, that uh, they lost the ball. Well, I mean, I've never seen a play before in the NBA or anywhere in college basketball where if the emphasis to knock the ball out is, is charged against the guy that has the ball. Have you guys ever seen anything like that? No, no I've never seen No. No. I know what it says. You're talking about replays. I said at the top of the show, the last two minutes of that game, in fact, even probably the last 50 seconds of the game, must have taken 15 minutes. They had more replays and more stoppages and more looks. And, and finally, they even when it was uh, after they made the basket with uh, nine-tenths nine of a second to go to win the game, uh, there were still seven-tenths of a second left. And and the, the officials, everybody got confused. You got to use the same five guys that were on the floor when you inbound the ball. After that, that they had the wrong guys on the floor. So stop the game. Go back and get the guys that were on the floor initially, and then they, they tried to inbound the ball. Of course, with seven tenths of a second, you don't have quite a chance to do anything. But uh, right. when you and they didn't have any time at a timeout, so they couldn't bring it up to pitch court. But uh, I'll tell you. Uh, there's some things happening in the NBA I don't understand. Well, the uh, the uh, Lightning has just scored a few minutes mm-hmm. ago, and that's a good good sign. Tommy, there's a that's big crowd at Amelie Arena. Uh, oh, that's that's for a watch know, party. They, they just showed them. Oh, that's for watch but, party. We're, but you're once not again, there. We're no, we're broadcasting live from Beefo Brady's. We're right on US 41 in Lando Lake, Florida. We've got a big crowd watching the game here. One nothing. Lightning goal scored to Andre Pilat. Assist by points. So points been on fire. Andre Pilat's been on fire now. I said before the, before the game started, 3 nothing Lightning. So Eastern Conference will be one tonight, guys. So everybody will be happy in town. Tommy, what, what, is point, what is point now? Seven consecutive games scoring? I'm, I'm not sure. Yes. Seven or eight? What is it? I think it's seven, Don, but he's he's on fire. He's on fire right now. Stan Post only played Yeah, he's had a great playoff. Yeah, the great well, playoff. you know what, what, what impressed – I'm sorry, what impressed me with point on that goal, it was like mm-hmm. you talk about in the old days, uh, Tommy, with the Flyers, where you got right. the player right there in the crease, right around exactly. the crease to get mm-hmm. that follow-up. And who was that way? Rick, Rick McQuish and Kinderchuk was the same thing in the Flyers did that way. You know? Well, right yeah, even seat. and even back, uh, you know, uh, back back in the seventies. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the uh, that's what it takes, and that's what they need to preach on hockey. 
Somebody uh, being well, right the there around. The difference the between uh, between that was that Bernie never gave up a rebound. You know, he never let the yeah. he never let the puck <laughs> jump out true. in front of him. Where if you were standing in the crease, you could knock it in, and that's not right. the case tonight. They couldn't they couldn't uh, hold the puck. Right. Well, it's a good hockey game, guys. So uh, great hockey. I'm going to go inside and watch this after the show's over and cheer my guts out. <laughs> I, I hope. But is, no, is, uh, Frank, is Mike uh, going to be with us this evening? I know that Doug. No, I just be. got a uh, just got a text from Mike that uh, he's been traveling for five hours and will not be on. And uh, Doug had already uh, sent us at uh, four o'clock that he won't be on. So uh, we're uh, we're probably at the end of our program at this point. I think we are. Yes. Well, you know they, they're showing a graphic now. You mentioned there's Reggie Leach. Ten games, 1976. <laughs> right. So all, all coming back, fellas. All coming back tonight. That's right. I'll tell you, Reggie had a great shot. Boy, I'll tell you, he was. You know, I, I know, I know. Point has a great shot as well, Tommy. But you know, Reggie, at least you were. We were watching the Flyers in those days. I mean, he was yes, like sir. lightning on it. He just, he that thing just flew off his stick. The LCB line. That's the Sabres about that play, you know, but. Best line in fire history, Don, Sh- Don Selesky, Dave Schultz, and Bob Kelly. The coach chair would, <laughs> would put him on the ice for a, you know, against the island and beat the crap of him. But, guys, we used to let the lightning and wings really work for him. But back in 1980, Bobby Nystrom was offside to lightning, and the Islander scored that cup-winning goal. So that's the reason I don't like him at all. So sour taste in my mouth, guys. So that's why we beat these guys, and that will be in good shape. Oh, my God. Well, I'll tell you, the, the press conference, Tommy, for uh, the new coach of the Rangers, he spent most of his time talking about toughing up the team. I think the National Hockey League is going to go back to a much more physical game. I think they're, they, oh, sure. you know, this I wide mean, open this yeah. wide open game that they play now with uh, very little physicality, especially during the regular season. Uh, you know, he talked about oh, yeah. that. He said, so I, I think we're going to see uh, some teams – you know, bulking up a little bit, getting some players are going to be a little yeah. tougher. Definitely. I think you're right about that. I showed you the playoffs. I mean, you know, like the, the Islanders and Lightning were having a tough time in the boards, and there was that guy for Pat Maroon and Anthony Sorelli and Eric Chernak were shaking everything up down there. So I, I think it's going back to the old-time hockey nineteen. In the 70s, Roger. Well, you know, that's a good point, both of you, because uh, Rita's son, Chris Daly, is a big hockey Mm -hmm. fan, and uh, he lives uh, in Florida and uh, gets out to a lot of games, too. He he texted me last the other night on this on on the uh, Lightning uh, Islander game, Tommy, and he Mm -hmm. thought it was going to be a mass fight on the uh, ice. He just sensed it coming up. But I, they, I guess they started a little bit, but then, uh, you know, cooler heads prevail. Yeah. I remember when the put that line on there. Drop, puck was dropped and the gloves were off at the same time. <laughs> I remember that game. <laughs> Tommy, you know, they, let, let's go back. Let's go back a few years because, mm-hmm. you know, when they, when they took the two-line pass out, they took the line out. Uh, right. All they wanted to do was have speed and scoring and get the puck up right. the ice as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. and that's what uh, that's what caused the game that we have today. And, and you know we criticize right. baseball for some of the rule changes, mm-hmm. but you know you used to be able to hold people up at mid ice. You can't do that now because they shoot the puck, yeah. you know, fifty, <laughs> sixty feet every time they get it. 
<laughs> yeah. Go chase. But I think our game tonight, when we if we win, is tape to tape and don't give the Islanders the blue line. And I, I've seen bits yeah. and part of the game. We're not giving the Islanders the blue line. Of course, Babaleski's on his game right now. So, Babaleski's, I think he's the class of Bernie Perrant, guys. You know, and, and every time he makes a great save at the arena, the tiger roars. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully we'll well, Bobby Taylor talked game. about that with us a few times, Tommy. Um, we had Bobby Taylor on, and he, he talked right. about the game today and the way it's played. And uh, right. I know that, uh, uh, you know, it's changed. you got to have a lot of speed. you got to have shooters and, and – they want more scoring. They want more scoring because they feel that that's the way they're going to capture television. And, uh, you know, maybe it will be. We'll see what happens. But uh, I do think there has to be a little bit more ability to stop the puck before it goes 50, 60 feet. Oh, yeah, exactly. What, what do you guys think will, will be the best matchup uh, in, the, uh, in the Stanley Cup uh, final? Well, that's a great question. Well, Ron. I agree with Roy. But Montreal's been playing pretty well. They didn't, you know, they were surprised. They didn't play that, you know, they weren't that great a team during the regular season. And, right. uh, but they played very, very well in the playoffs. And uh, I thought the uh, Las Vegas Knights were going to, uh, you know, be a little bit more, a little bit better mm-hmm. than they've been. So uh, I think the Lightning of Montreal may be the series. What do you think, Tommy? I think you're right about that, Don. Vegas is playing their height right now. Mark Andre Flores make a lot of mistakes in goal. But look at the experience of Carey Price in the, in the Montreal ring. It'd be great to have Montreal Lightning matchup. You take the old, old established, old established, old established team versus the new, put the new guy in the block. That'd be great. This series I'm pulling for. Vegas is still yeah. You know, good days and bad days for Vegas guys. Yeah, you're right, Tommy. You know, it'd be a good. It's a shame we uh, got could have gotten a hold of uh, T.L. Tom Lemayne and uh, and get oh, God, his yeah. perspective on uh, on what's going on. But I know we're oh, going to go off. I think Frank, we're going off at nine o'clock tonight, right? Nine o'clock, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah so we only have five more minutes. But uh, okay. But uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that is the matchup. The uh, Lightning and, and the Canadiens. I, I think it will be, Roger, because Vegas, you don't get to get there. Remember when they played Pittsburgh the first year expansion? They got into the finals, but they were just wasn't ready for it. Vegas, now Montreal has been prized because they played crap in the season. In the end of the season, they were 17-4 and four with a great record going into the playoffs while Vegas just was coasting in the playoffs. So, and that's going to be Tommy, two points in that regard. I think uh, one thing, the fact that the Lightning were able to come into the, uh, the or not the Lightning, but the Knights uh, were able to come into the National Hockey League and be a factor right off the bat. I mean, I thought that was one of the best things. No, no sport has ever brought an expansion team in and done what the Knights have done in Las Vegas. So I think that's great. But I also exactly. think that getting Montreal and the Lightning in the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. finals will be much better mm-hmm. for television. I really do. I think that matchup, I don't think the Knights would be a great television pick, but I think Montreal and the Lightning would be. Yeah, I agree. You know, the TV stations in Canada, plus you got ESPN, NBC down here. That's the old versus versus the new coming in there. So be a great, great, great hockey series, guys. I'll watch that. I'll be excited. Well, you know, you know, before we uh, finish up tonight, we've got to talk a, a few minutes about the uh, great tribute uh, to Bob Carroll last Friday night. 
Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, we were part of it. I know, Don, you got tied up, which was understandable. But I'll tell you oh, what, geez. it was absolutely wonderful. And uh, I got uh, a nice uh, uh, email from Casey Frank. Yeah, uh, it was great too. talking to her, you know, and uh, members of your family. Yeah, and members of your family and uh, friends, yes, people that. And, and uh, I was uh, taught, to, I thought that story about when they were kids uh, going mm-hmm. up the hill and the uh, fire alarm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that was just hilarious. And uh, <laughs> But congratulations. It was just a great tribute, and uh, you just did a magnificent job, and everyone was fantastic. Everybody was great. It was an honor being on that show, too, Roger. Man, an I'll honor. tell you, Frank, yeah, Frank never misses. Whether it's a holiday, no. whether we honor the troops, whether it's sure. uh, his son and the tribute to him the other night, no matter what it is, Frank and the family always get together and send us terrific emails. Thank yeah. you so all for being a part of it, and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. The other thing yeah, is, before we go off, let's phone. I think we ought to make a comment. Hopefully, we're going to try well, to get him on. Yeah, well, I, I, uh, you, well, you saw my uh, my email back. He loved to be on. We had him on a couple of years ago, and he can give us a perspective about the Flyers when he covered them, uh, Tommy, and then also, uh, obviously, with the Eagles. And I got to tell you, uh, a guy that I love and uh, and respect, and he's doing mm-hmm. the intermission as usual tonight. Keith Jones, that guy yes. was on yes. the morning show this morning at six a.m. He lives mm. down in Chemung, has a farm. You talk about it, and they're in Stamford, Connecticut. So here oh, it boy. is, 9 o'clock Eastern time. He was mm. on the radio for a four-hour uh, show this morning, and now mm. he's up in Stamford, Connecticut at 9 o'clock tonight. Yeah. He's still on TV. That's a dedicated That's... guy. He needs to get – he should get the Don Henderson trophy. <laughs> when Don would be early in the morning on, on OGL – Covering the games mm-hmm. at night, and then sports, sport, the late uh, sports tonight. Okay, yes. sports final. Okay. Well, Don, thank you, Roger. But you know the big thing trophy. is, it's a lot. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot. It's still a lot of fun. The show we do mm-hmm. here to have guys like Larry Bow and and Doug sure. Hamilton and all the people that we have on. It, it's always been fun. It continues to be fun. Everybody thank has you. a different perspective of what's going on yeah. from. Larry Bowen or whoever, and uh, you can't K. beat it. I mean, you can't have anything as nice as that. Right. That's I was right. thinking tonight, you know, Stevie K and Larry, mm-hmm. that would be an interesting uh, discussion. Oh, boy, that would be excellent. <laughs> wow. But that, it does have a true story about Charlie Manuel played in the Indians tournament. Somebody says, get the ball damn good, Tommy. So I went and see him when he managed the Phillies that way, and I and one of the PR's people says, you're not supposed to be here. Jeez, Tommy, just a good friend of mine. He can stay as long as he wants. <laughs> <laughs> well, that shows when you have a great relationship with a friend. Oh, Charlie was funny. Let's see why he's great. Oh, my. They covered his Indies back then. That was fun. Yeah, they just fun, showed man. the whole list of uh, – we talked about it a few minutes ago with Leach being at the top of 10. And uh, they yeah. just showed the whole list of uh, – uh, so points catching up. <laughs> He's doing, yes, he is. He's a, yep, he is. And I'll tell you, the, the Lightning, as Roy has said, can, continuously during the course of our shows this year, he felt they were the deepest team. He thought they were mm-hmm. the best team. 
He was a team that stayed together. They made a couple of changes that were all positive. And uh, mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens as they continue on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But you got to figure that uh, right now they're the uh, odds-on choice to win it all. Absolutely. Got We start talking about that next week. <laughs> yep, you're right. One last thing about the last Friday night show, Frank. Uh, what? Who uh, called in from the furthest distance? Oh, quick question, Frank. It would have been uh, Mike Scott. From he was uh, in L.A. And uh, that's oh, wow. what I thought. It was because uh, I, I heard you know whether when the time I was on. I, uh, you know, I was listening to it, and uh, I, I thought it was probably somebody that was from California that called in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was Mike Scott from L.A. But, so yeah, that shows that uh, 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 his football, his football ally, really did. I, I was listening and uh, trying to get it, as you know, Frank. At that particular time, I uh, ran out from dinner and tried to get on, but he, I listened to him, and then he had one more guy, so I couldn't wait any longer. But uh, oh, I thought oh. he did a great job talking about. Uh, you know, Bobby and, and the relationship mm-hmm. that they had and, and the things they did together. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. That's great, guys. That was a tremendous <laughs> yeah, tribute. Uh, okay. Thank well, you. another show Appreciate in the books. Uh, Don and Roger, you guys are the best. You guys are awesome. Thank you for coming on. I'd like to thank, uh, of course, Larry Bow and Roy Cummins for coming on. And, and Frank, great job as always, sir. And once again, we broadcast live from B4 Brady's. We're in Tampa Bay area, Route 41, and it's right in Lando Lakes. Great place to watch your sporting events. I'm going to dip, go inside and watch Red Tail in the Lightning game. Guys, thank you. As always, God bless. Have a great Tonight. week. God bless. Take Frank, care. Thanks Frank, Frank nice job again. Get us through it all, everything. and uh, we'll do it next week. Take care. Okay. All right. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, each and every night of the week, in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces. And when we police and fire services, when you're out there and you see somebody in uniform, please, please let them know that you know that they're there. These are very tough times for, for the men and women in uniform. These programs are dedicated to those who've lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, to Patrolman Char- Jeffrey Colcat, Sergeant Thomas Bager, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Hendler, Lieutenant Mike Zerba, Newcastle County Police. Patrolman Anafo Crispin, Lakeland PD. Chief Al Hogel, Long Beach Police Department. Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department. Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant Mike uh, Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Office. Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Robert Germain, Windermere, Florida Police Department. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, uh, Philadelphia Fire Department. Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department. Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Kotloff. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Sergeant Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Ardeth Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio. Delaware State Trooper St- St- <clears throat> Corporal Stephen Bauer. Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter. 
Semi Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Bill Gentry, Island County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Natalie Corona, LA County Sheriff's Department, Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department, Officer Bob McKetchen, Biloxi, Kentucky Police Department, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Sergeant Brian LeBake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Mike Malik, Pine Ellis County Sheriff's Department. My brothers and sisters, so you may be 10-7 at this point in time. At some time, we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sunshine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hand. Good night. God bless and have a great week. Strength and length of 
Dispatch in 1999. County Dispatch in 1999. County Dispatch to 1999. All units advise 1999 is responded to his last emergency. May God rest his soul. Bob, we miss you. We love you.